Hey, Tom. Yes, John. You know, I love the, the nonlinear nature of the After Later podcast. We record for things that come out later and discuss things that happened even months before we recorded. Yeah. Right? So there's like three present tenses for every episode. The past that we're talking about, the current time that we're recording live in, and then the weeks later when it gets shared. And sometimes we, we still have like two or three episodes buried in the drafts that have just never been put together. We, we made a whole bunch and then kept having, you know, didn't, didn't need them so we can, and I, and I love pulling those out. Like we didn't remember that one we had about uh, uh, Simone Biles. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which we recorded during the Olympics and the whole uh, yes, uh, controversy, my, yeah, but we didn't my, put it out until a year later. You mean the uh, ironic twisties? That mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'm looking at the situation that we have now. Uh-huh. You and I are recording this pretty much at the very beginning of October. Okay. But I know that it won't be released until like the 27th of October. Right. right? Like, hold on. Let me look at, at our release schedule. Uh-huh. And, and, and by the way, uh, fucking how about me having a release schedule? Huh? That's uh, he's actually holding a candy wrapper right now, pretending to read. <laughs> All right, so this is going to come out on uh, Monday, the twenty fourth of October. Okay, uh, which is a week before. And if I stick to the release schedule, the next one will be on Halloween, and oh. then it's then and then it's November. And as we know, November is when you and I are going on an Armed Forces Entertainment tour. Yes, yes. all through Eastern Europe. Which, if you've been watching the news lately, you know that that's it's a hot zone. Yeah, the two right? places I work are the Caribbean and Eastern Europe, and they are both dangerous, dangerous places to be. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yet, looking back, we hardly really we haven't really discussed the uh, the nature of the situation at all. And before we even really begin to should we or should we just back out of this premise altogether and go back to talking about the discovery of the fifth dimension are you asking if we should discuss war well i mean it is germane to our conversations and we're about to our next batch of episodes are going to be essentially live from the porch of war yeah uh i you know i i think that after later is about uh everything you know and we do talk a lot about history and we talk a lot about sort of predicting the future and and war war is a big part of that oh okay now here's my problem tom and this has a direct link to our history uh Uh, we're both baseball players so we're both superstitious yeah right uh so i don't want to jinx it I don't want to talk about it and then, you know, have, I don't know, things that we talked about literally blow up in our faces. Oh, are you worried? Are you worried about possibly jinxing our tour? Yeah, exactly. Well, remember back when, and there's an interesting thing with the military, when you go over to entertain deployed troops, you, uh, you, you, you want to do it, but you also want a future where you don't have to do that. Yes. Well, do you remember, Tom, when we did Hell Gig America, the 50 shows in 50 states in 50 days? I have no recollection. Of yeah, well, that's okay. It's, it, it, 
I'll send, I'll send you some tapes. And I have, you can, there's some, there's about two months that I don't recall in 2005. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Well, we drove, all of us took turns driving wow. all over the entire lower contiguous 48 states. And then separately in Alaska and Hawaii as well. Uh, throughout this tour, we never once, once got pulled over. No, we didn't. And I would say that if we had been, we were a pinata full of assorted misdemeanors and findable offenses. We were. We well, had a thing that Chuck Savage calls radar love during that tour. Yes. But one of the key <laughs> ingredients of it was no one, even though we all knew it, even though we knew this, that was probably the more impressive of the streaks that we were on. Yes. Right. We yeah. all knew it. We could look at each other and know what the other person was thinking about. We were throwing a no hitter, but we never said it out loud. And you would be a you'd you would be a legit son of a bitch if you did. You don't mention the no hitter in the bullpen. You don't mention it in the dugout. So before even digging into anything about what I'm obviously talking about, to thereby jinx it, should should I be? Should we just shut up? Should I just shut up? Uh, no. And here's why. We are not throwing a no-hitter. We have gigs cancel, reschedule. We have uh, we have stuff not work all the time. We don't we're we're not keeping a streak up here, you know. Yeah. If if our uh, if dates change on our military base tour, uh, if there are bases that we can't go, bases that we can, I don't think that that has anything to do with whether or not we were discussing it. Oh, uh, now okay, as, now I'm as superstitious as I am. See, you're thinking smaller and more realistic than I am, which is great, which is helpful. Which Are you is, worried about actually amplifying that, conflict it, globally it, by talking about it? It, it doesn't need our help to 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 escalate, okay? <laughs> but you're worried about like, will the gigs cancel? Will shows fall apart? Let me just say for the record, I don't give a shit if if we leave and the, the gigs cancel. We will adapt. We will make things happen. We'll entertain whoever's there. Whatever happens, happens. In, in the in the in the um. In the dimension of will a show happen, I'm fine with that. However that turns out, that's great. That's great. I'm more worried about the, you know, boiling hot uh, winds of nuclear fire, which okay. seem to be in the news. Okay. That's that's the, yeah, I, if it gets canceled. Oh, my pay is a little shorter. Fuck, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm more worried about. Or, you know, oh, hey, we're just going to take this little Jeep run over to the other base and oh, oh, shit, here's some Russians. Next thing you know, you and I are fucking summer camp buddies with Brittany Griner. Um, and, and no one's going to clamor for our return. No. And uh... I'm okay with the risk of all of that. Let me just be that clear there. I'm totally fine with the risk of it. What I'm afraid of is a superstitious comedian former horrible baseball player is that me talking about it will jinx it and make it happen i got you. i got you well if you want to if you want to talk about jinxes and you want to talk about superstition uh the fact that we are two uh houston comics uh, oh yeah well that's not us, good puts us in much greater danger just putting the word houston sure. in front of comic adds about seven comorbidities 
for to anybody us. that doesn't know, people uh, closely associated with the Houston comedy scene, comics who have lived in Houston, have died young at a at an extraordinary percentage. Uh, it's uh, it's way too many. It's a mathematical anomaly, and, and it's a lot of prospects too. It's not just randos. Oh, a lot of young comics, a lot of people associated with the scene, yeah. you know, and a lot of, of course, famous comics that I know probably names pop into your head right now. But all I'm right, not- so I thought, well, I thought Tom that you and I had, had decided years ago that we were going to delineate ourselves as as Woodlands comics. Oh, of course, which, yeah, we're we're North Houston suburban comics. Yeah, we exactly. I don't think any of them have died. <laughs> right. I, 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 I'm not sure there's more than about three others. At least still alive. I think <laughs> yeah, he's doing fine. He's doing <laughs> well, fine. Then, well, then, well, then we're all still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we have that. Oh, the, Is Ted Vincent still alive? Yeah, absolutely. He's doing well, great. North Houston's doing okay. He's doing great. You know, uh, yeah, it's not really a curse if you're like, oh, you know what happens to Woodlands comics? They die peacefully in their sleep in the old age. <laughs> Can't let that happen to you. Yeah, we. Uh, I hope to be the first Houston comic jettisoned into the cold of space. I think that would be. Hey, here we go. Be, beats fentanyl, right? Here we go. Though, uh, uh, consider this. Consider your biggest. Your biggest fear is the, the nuclear conflict. Well, um, it's yeah. The good, the good part about these these modern, you know, uh, nuclear weapons is uh, that's a. That's a that's a that's a light switch. That's a painless. Oh yeah, you're saying the speed of death will be great. Yep. Oh, that's Everything, good. Everything's over, and uh, and you you instantly are, are reconnected with the uh, with the greater universe, and all the all your philosophical questions are answered. And, yeah, and uh, you know, and time isn't linear. Well, and, and also, if you think about it, because I like the way you're talking. Oh, hold on a second. Time out. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. He's Tommy Drake. Tommy, how you doing? I'm okay, John. How are you? Did we forget to start the show? Yeah, we did. But that was real quick. Well, well I'll just paste that in there. So you were saying? Uh, I, I was saying that uh, if that if that's your end, if, you're, if your end is being, you know, under the... Uh, under the nuclear bomb that's that's of all the ways to go that's a that's actually a pretty good one that's just uh yeah that's just waking up in the next reality right yeah it's just and uh the, the point i was about to make uh we're going to be on u.s slash nato bases military installations i don't think i'm out of line to say that that's a that's a given yeah. uh so if it happens there that's it's going to that's what's going to happen everywhere. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If, if there is a conflict, I want to be somewhere that has a, a bunker that also has a PlayStation. <laughs> that would help. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Well, you, if you have the PlayStation, you want to make sure that you have the, uh, uh, the games that are on CD because there won't be much online multiplayer action. Ah, right, right, right. I have, I have, I have very little, I have, I have zero game time on modern. Uh, video games yeah yeah I, I well you know it's the thing is like my kids think he's on the xbox but all the games are in the cloud and all that stuff oh cool so shit hit the fan he's he has who's, who's gonna play fortnite against nobody oh that's the problem yeah 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 bunker life 
Doesn't yeah, sound see? bad. So, so, so you see how the suffering of those that survived the conflict is much worse. Than it's much worse. Having to not play MM orgs, porgs, whatever. Sorry, I, was, I remember talking to to uh, Paulo Gata. He was M- MMO RPG. Ah, okay. Massive multiplayer online random person gaming i don't know exactly what it stands for but but yeah yeah that would that would be tough stands for it stands for the subjects of the simulation have made their own simulation exactly yeah simulation practice simulation inside a simulation um all right so to to go to my question because we haven't really even talked about it i don't feel like it's subject to uh superstition because it's so overwhelmingly large that if it happened to us, it happens to everybody. Ah. Proximity really doesn't make a difference in our survivability if it goes full tits up, right? Right. Right. right? So it's not like when we didn't get pulled over on Hellgig, that was a small, more direct, we're the ones who cause and then suffer from the cause and effect of it. This, I just, I don't feel, I feel like we're too small a minnow in the giant ocean to make a wave. Uh. Karmically. You know, we uh, maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe, it, maybe if it doesn't happen to you, it didn't happen. You know? <gasps> well, hold up. What about the stripes principle? What if our dumbassery somehow leads to a tragic turn of events of misunderstandings that leads to it? I mean, if we're close enough, I was thinking proximity wouldn't change the survivability, but proximity could you're thinking that our proximity could happen. Yeah, we, we, we could do some dumbassery that somehow. Uh, well, it, the wonderful thing about, about what you're talking about is that if we, could, if we could, by talking about it, manifest something horrible, then we can also, by talking about it, manifest something wonderful. And if our presence could have could a negative have. effect, uh, then we know that we're close enough to have a positive effect. And that's the whole point of the tour is we are there having a positive effect, you know? And I hope uh, uh, across the border in some other base, there's some other guys in a different language that are also entertaining some troops. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hope that there's positive effect happening on both sides of the border that, that will create an eventuality where it's so, so at the neighboring Russian naval base station, you think Yakov Smirnov's going to be there, Kraken-wise... And then here's my here, here's this possible scenario, and I like I like oh wait something oh no I'm sorry sorry my screen went weird for a second excuse me can you still see me Tom I can see you okay good uh, uh, let's say we're doing a show outpost twenty people you're right guys that are patrolled on the wire that they, when they when they come in and we're doing a doing a show if you've done AFE shows they're like this sometimes right yeah. So, you know, there's the four of us, each of us doing 20 minutes, meet and greet, how you doing, take pictures, exchange patches, all that fun stuff. Let's say you've got some amazing joke with an act out, and then the next morning, this guy's a little tired because uh, he was up up late at the comedy tent, uh-huh. right? And then he's telling the other guys, like, that he's relieving that didn't get to go to the show. He's, like, acting out the joke or something. And I don't know what it was, but it doesn't even matter. It's acting something out. 
with the rifle. Oh, and he, and he was telling this joke, and he's like, oh, I go like this, and I boom, boom, and then all of a sudden shoots it off, goes over the hill, ting, goes off the, the helmet of a of a neighboring Russian who's like, they're fucking shooting at us. And these guys are jacked on crystal meth. So they're like, fuck yeah, it's time for Putin. And they start shooting. And then, you know, and, and then now we've got a shooting war. Yeah. Doesn't take long for the bitch hearted start pushing buttons to fire off nuclear weapons. See what I'm saying? And this is why I don't do act outs on stage because uh, we all know that that results in nuclear war every time. Just make it about the word. Make it about the word. I like it. Yes, so you keep John, you, could, you could have the same you could have the same effect from home. You could have the same effect from your own house, right? I think right. I think I think your your point earlier is if the butterfly effect is going to happen, if it if a comedian is going to be somehow responsible, you know, and it's and it's funny because it's, it's you, more and more in modern times, actual career comedians end up in the middle of stuff like this, like like Zelensky, right? Was comedian. Oh, yeah. Now he's, uh, you know, and uh, now he's a now he's a statesman, you know, and now that he's crazy suffering war, you know, and we have, uh, you know, other uh, uh, who's the guy from uh, uh, is it is it Minnesota, the, the SNL alum that, that stepped down? Al Franken. Al Franken. Yeah. You know? Can't believe they threw him out of the Senate for that. Yeah. But anyway, that's but, you whole... know, a career comedian who ends up being this sort right. of uh, senator who's got this asterisk, you know, mm -hmm. so it's uh, so, yeah, comedians have an effect. And, you you know, you, and you can't say that, you know, that Bill Maher and, and John Stewart, you know, haven't made a huge impact on on politics, whether you like them right. or not. Right. Just right through their but through initially entertaining. So why can't why can't we have the same impact? But how do you make that impact positive and not negative? I mean, you're, you're, what you described is, is a funny scenario where a joke creates an accident, right? Oh, well, thank but you. Isn't, isn't the, isn't the bigger danger that, that perhaps the philosophy of the comedy could change the attitude of the soldier so that he intentionally does something? Well, I don't know how, what audiences, you're performing in front of it's hard to get in the list and long enough to laugh. You, you got people <laughs> listening hard enough to change lives out there. I gotta, I gotta hang uh, out with you more. No, well, but I see no, what you're no. saying. But John, you say, you say things on stage that make folks in the audience sort of the light goes off in their head. Oh, I never thought about it that way. You know? And if you, you know, if you, if you put in a young person's head, I've never thought about it that way. It's beautiful. Unless that young person also has access to weapons and is on a, the front lines of a war, then it might be dangerous. Yeah, I was going to tell you, dude, if we ever do a show on one of these tours that changes the hearts and minds of soldiers to not want to fight, we will not keep that gig. They will get rid of that. They will get rid of comedy and be like, nah, man. I don't know, uh, man. Maybe, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in a weird mood today, but uh, I don't want to contest what you said right but you have to be careful when you say you know that the hearts and minds of soldiers mean that they want to fight right i i like to think right. that that not all that that soldiers are soldiers for different reasons not everybody's there because they want to fight right it's the uh it's the bruce lee thing right it's the uh it's the old uh well we we have the you know we learn the discipline so we don't have to fight you know it's the whole yeah. No, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's the mutually assured destruction thing, right? We have a powerful military in the hopes that we never have to use it. You know, we, we display it and then people see it, you know? And, and uh, so, yeah. So I hope that not necessarily change the hearts and minds of, of soldiers, whether or not they want to fight, but might, 
might change their attitude as far as uh, tiny decision making, perhaps. Yeah. You know? Maybe, uh, you know, I've seen comedians that, that make me think differently about certain things. Uh, you know, they do bits that give me a different attitude about, uh, about decisions I make during the day. You know? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know quite a few people probably return their shopping carts now to the, to the little thing because they heard some comedian rant about it, you know? Yeah. You know, quite a, quite a few people don't have the volume on on their phone in public places, probably because they heard a comedian or a radio dish jockey rant about it in the morning. So you can have effects on that. Right. While comfortable, I know that when I go to the store with cargo shorts, Crocs, and socks on, I know that it looks idiotic because of comics telling oh. me this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Therefore, changing my behavior. No, I get it. All right, I like so it. What can we say to deployed soldiers to have a positive effect on them? What's, what should be the message behind our jokes? What do we tell them? Do we tell them that our, that our future their, or that our present is what they're fighting for? Or, uh, you know, do we tell them that hopefully that they can be in the suburbs with a nice little house and a little family recording their podcast on a Sunday morning? What do we share That's from tough. the stage? What do we share from the stage that has a positive butterfly effect on the world? Huh. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I love these crowds. I love uh, what, getting to go uh, entertain uh, servicemen and women and their families and people that are expats and living abroad. They're so dynamically different and interesting. I don't know. I feel like I take shamefully saying, I feel like when I leave these gigs, I got more out of it than they did. Oh, it's and they'll tell you they're super happy. No, it's yeah. definitely for us. As but I'm leaving change more than I feel like I'm changing in my wake. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now here, here's an interesting uh, thought. Uh, one of the great, one of the great bylines of a politician anywhere on the planet, but in America for sure is a combat veteran. Oh yeah, you're a combat veteran. Uh, it gives you some credibility because you have been at the at the apex of human decision making, right? So yeah. if you're if you're a combat veteran, when we put you in charge of our community budget, there's a there's a good chance that you're going to make some good decisions, right? You'd hope, right? Yeah, and you and I you... are are speaking directly to uh, people in the future who will have combat veteran on their resume. There's a good chance that we're talking to people who 20, 30 years from now might be influential politicians on this tour. You're right. You're right. What would you want to say to somebody that might be the Speaker of the House 30 years from now? What, what is the message that you would give this person? I would say, hey, man, uh, maybe less Fox News on all of your TVs. <laughs> no. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what to say. I hadn't thought about it. Now I got an extra layer of stuff to pre prepare for. I, I I think I have comic mentality that when I find myself in these scenarios, I just try to be friendly, uh, uh, bubbly, and yeah. not talk about anything too deep. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
you know, and wh whether we are comfortable with it or not on a, on a tour like this, you and I both come off as uh, father figures or at least as, uh, as uncle figures or as coach figures or school teacher figures, you know? So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of us talking to guys that are, that are less than half our age and women as, as grown men saying, ah, we're proud of you. You know, we're thinking about you. Uh, just giving them, giving them the dad treatment a little bit. Oh, that, I see what you're saying. You know what? I think about it. You forget how young these, these people are, the men and women. That oh, I, re I remember how young they are when I start doing my act and I make references yeah. that they have no way of getting. Yeah. In your head, you're like, oh, I'm going to go entertain the troops. So you're thinking the dudes from Band of Brothers, the Saving Private Ryan guys. Yeah, and then you get there, the they're 18, 19 Mash. years old. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, you're, it's is, 19, 20-year-olds. This, this is the cast of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the best shows that I had uh, in front of those crowds is when I didn't talk about anything other than just fucking party craziness. When it was just, you know, jokes that were just dirty and fun, they just released and let go with it. Like, they were ready to hear something stupid and uh, and and make fun of make fun of them they love it you know, so yeah that's that's kind of what i went for i never really tried to have a meaning or a message i feel like they get they get a little i don't know they they respond to that like a when you toss a grape to a dog they just go nope 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 i i had this idea on the first one the first time i did one of these military base tours and you know you mentioned the hell gig tour but you, you and i've played all, all over the u.s okay right? and uh I have a pretty good recollection, re, uh, recollection for, for comedy clubs, names of rooms, stuff like that. So I figured the first time I went on one of these military base tours, I would, I would do some crowd work, which, you know, is odd for me. I don't like to, I'm really yeah. not the crowd work guy, but I thought, but this was my crowd work. I thought this would be clever. I would find somebody in the audience. I'd ask them where they're from. And then I would mention the comedy venue closest to their house, tell them about when I perform there, ask them if they've ever been there. And the first shot, I was with uh, Matt Sadler, wonderful, oh, great guy, wonderful comic, one of a, one of the funniest, one of the funniest live acts on the planet, no question. And I'm with Matt Sadler, and I did I do this on stage the first time, and I got a I got a nice guy down front. And he told me where he was from, and I want to say it was maybe it was someplace that had a funny bone, like Columbus, Ohio. I'm like, oh, the, the Columbus funny bone, that's great. Have you ever been? And he goes, I'm not old enough, sir. <laughs> I'm asking a 19-year-old deployed soldier who's never been to a 21 and up club in his hometown. He's like, no, sir, I left there when I was 17 under under uh, order of the judge to join the military. So, no, I've never been to that. I'm, and, I'm banned from the mall, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go. And not old enough is a is a wonderful response. But adding sir just, just put a huge point to the fact that, oh, I, I'm performing for very, very young people right now, but man, if, especially if they're in, if they're in fatigues, they're in some kind of uniform, they're standing up straight. They give off the impression that they're, that they're 35 years old, even if they're 18, 19, you know, that is the, that's the whole point of the first two years of military training, I think is stand up straight, clean your ass, wash your sheets, look, look respectable. That makes them look older, and then it makes people who are in their forties, thirties, and forties who don't adhere to those things look younger. Yeah, yeah, right. You see someone who's oh, I don't know, forty-seven years old, bad posture, poor eating habits, likes to wear his hats backwards. You know, 
makes me look like a robust 32 on the on the last tour i went on there's a, there's a trend i guess it's been going on for a while but it's off and on but there's kind of a mustache trend in the military among men oh yeah and particularly among officers and uh so i figured i would shave everything just hold the mustache so when i was walking around the base people would think i was a visiting officer and i kind of <laughs> i kind of made that joke on stage that my age just in a mustache like oh who's the who's, who's the guy checking us out yeah. But uh, uh, one of the actual officers pointed out to me that my posture wasn't anywhere near good enough. <laughs> he said, my mustache certainly qualified me, but I'd have to stand up straight and put my shoulders back to be mistaken for an officer. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if you were an officer right now, like if you if you had been in military service, that would have you, you would have had people yelling at you for the last 20 years to stand up straight, yeah. shoulders back, you yeah. know. Dude, making you run every morning. Oh, that's yep. funny. It, yeah, your mustache definitely screams naval officer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. And, and my mustache is actually in the shape of an anchor. So <laughs> that's why it screams naval. God, upside down, I hope. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be a little problematic if it was the other way around. <laughs> Be like a, a Hitler with a chin piece. <laughs> I like to, uh, uh, when I go do the military tours, I grow out the facial hair crazy and uh, try to skip a few haircuts so that I'm really kind of wooly looking. Because uh, neck up, I look like like I'm in one of those special forces units who doesn't have to uh, obey military hair stuff. Like I can't be, sh I can't shave and look like a like a, like a military man. No, I got to be wooly because I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking Farsi in the bushes, folks. I can't, you know, well, then I, you know, then you pan down. You're like, that is in no way a military service uh, physique there. <laughs> like, drone yeah. pilot. They're like, oh yeah, you're a drone pilot. Come on, bro. Come on in. We got you. Yeah. I was in a, I was in a mess hall and I was wearing, you know, I travel. I just wear, wear a ball cap, you know, mm -hmm. I was wearing my ball cap and and uh, and we were chatting to some of the uh, some of the enlisted guys and he goes he goes uh, hey man you should you should take your hat off in here yeah and I said I, I didn't realize he goes yeah you're not you're not supposed to wear your your, your cover and uh, and if you uh, walk around here doing anything that we're not allowed to do we're we're probably not going to have as much fun at your show. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so I thought about that when you, when you show up with the long hair and the beard, there might be some, a little bit of resentment there. Yeah. Well, that's why these were my favorite people, the opposition forces people. Yeah. Cause right. they didn't have to fucking cut their hair and shave their face. They were all crazy and willy looking like it. It really is the ragtag group. That's why I was like, you're my people. You wear black and you don't cut your hair. You look like shit. Let's fucking hey. I can't wait to ride around the back of a used Toyota truck and pretend to blow stuff up with you. <laughs> all right. So all right, we don't need to talk about the war. The war doesn't even matter. Let's just let's just feel as though we shall be encapsulated karmically, that there's nothing we can accidentally do that will set off the the, the final conflict. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I, I think that uh, if time is truly not linear, I, however, it's supposed to happen is, is going to happen regardless of what we do. I think that the timeline already exists and it's self-correcting. 
So when I say self-correcting, imagine if we were time travelers from the future. We were sent into the past specifically to be comedians on this tour because we would have the opportunity quantum leap style to somehow change history. We wouldn't be able to. Whatever played out was exactly what was supposed to play out every single time. That's All the, right. That's the theory, right? So if you go in with the intent of, I, I will say this to this person and it will motivate him to do this thing that ends the war and brings on peace for the next 200 years. Uh, and, it, and you do it and, it and it works, that was supposed to happen anyway. And if you're, if you're there to cause somebody to freak out and, and, and pull a trigger and hit the button, that was supposed to happen anyway, too. All right. right? I, think I, I think I figured it out. Yeah. I think I figured it out, Tommy. We're recording on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Tommy, did, did you go to church today? I, I did not. I did not. Why? Does it seem as if I did? Does you have a little bit of a, you have, spiritual? you're very high on your spiritual meter right now. Yeah. If it's all going to work out, things are going the way they're supposed to, like you're feeling like I'm hearing the word destiny in, in your, in your subtext here. And that sounds like Mr. Higher Power. And if that's how you feel on a Sunday morning, that's fine. I get it. I'm not here to besmirch a man's, you, you know, know, John, there, there has never been a better time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get that way. It's spiritual, but coming from the other angle. But if know. time is not, if time is not linear, then all of time has never been a better time to be alive. Hold on, I got to catch up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> time, is, time is circular perhaps or or, or time, time is not existence right but if you're saying that the present the the, the well, present is the best time to be living in of course we could have an entire episode on misunderstood idioms oh yeah for sure right right like uh the my favorite is the the meek shall inherit the earth yeah we think that means just like oh being meek but the the word comes from meeking which is how they prepare battle horses with the with a candle underneath them and they have to hold still right right like that was the test of a battle horse is to have a candle burning their stomach and they don't move right right that was called meeking and that makes more sense those yeah. who keep their shit together and even keeled while hell breaks loose would naturally inherit the earth of it makes course. sense of course right yeah. Uh, uh, so so that's that's one of them uh yeah, I, I read this the other day i say well we we on the on a on a recent episode we talked about the brass ring the brass ring yeah that's a good one uh but, but what you just said about there's no better time to be alive uh that doesn't mean specifically like today that just means like this million year window <laughs> yes yes of course is the best time to be alive <laughs> Right. right because you know what it would have sucked to be a microbe living on the lava rock yeah right you'd have lived you'd have split in half done your you know fulfilled your biological imperative uh, but it would have sucked you yeah, know um, we live at the only time in which there's water and sandals resorts yes yes sure they're overrun with cartels but hey you know beats lava it does beat lava most things beat lava uh, this is, oh, geez, sorry, I'm dropping my phone here. <laughs> sorry, audio folks who don't like the sound of things. Uh, here, here's something I, I found I saved uh, to go with your point. Uh, if no one comes from the future to stop you from doing it, 
then how bad can it be? Ah, very good. I love that. We love talking time travel. I think time travel is highly possible and another great piece of proof that it's a simulation. Yeah, one of the one of the great uh, one of the great time travel arguments is that you know the future hasn't come to visit us yet, right? Right, and uh, or they haven't officially come to visit us yet. So obviously, we never achieved time travel because if we did achieve time travel, we would go back in the past, and you know, and 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 uh, and try to try to affect our present, right? But the uh, there, there's some interesting sci-fi arguments against that. And one of the great ones is you can only go back to the point that the time travel was conceived, right? You can't go back. Yeah. You can't predate your the tech that you're using to travel through time, you know? That's like the train track idea, right? You can't, well, you can only take a train where the, you built a track. Yeah, it's saving your it's saving your game on the, uh, uh-huh. the video game reference, right? You can only go back to this certain point. You can't go back before you saved it, right? And the idea of... Uh, the idea of time travel is to somehow somehow have access to a timeline that's that's already happened. So there's there has to be some sort of some sort of saving of it, right? Right. Well, but what if ancient alien uh, ideas? If they we've already had civilizations highly advanced technologically on this Earth several times over in the last ten million years, what if one of them fucking invented it? Yeah. So therefore, does that even if there's no sign of it now, even if it's all smashed and fucking yeah. everything's gone, but if they had it and it was here, or if well, then we would be able to go back to that time. And that's another that that fits in with the sci-fi too. Like we would be able to go back to whenever the technology was conceived of, because that would be accessible somehow. It'd be part yeah. of the technology. Right? I, I'm more concerned about the the fact that we're on a rock shooting through space, and if you go back in time, you have to go back in space too, right? Like, how would you know exactly? Yeah, you would have to be you would have to be linked. That's the that's the idea is you would end up, you know, you would end up at the at the at your present location in a in a previous time. So you're no longer on the planet. Yeah. So you're out in the cold of space, frozen solid or God forbid you hit Earth, but you're 30 miles deep into the crust. Yes. And what what you what you're bringing up is a is a thought experiment there that uh that fits into theoretical physics that uh, a lot of times that thought experiment, that thought path ends with, we must be in a simulation, <laughs> you know? So that's the, you know, the, that's the start thought, you know? <laughs> uh, they almost always go back to, it could be a simulation for me. Yeah. And, and if there, if there is, if there is some sort of, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, military, uh modern nazi bell time travel that mm-hmm. that already exists that's just hidden by governments we're going to be pretty close to it on one of these bases oh oh yeah oh come on yeah we're gonna yeah. be we're gonna be near it you know yeah we're gonna be in uh, uh basically the downtown area of the dark military arts of the last uh 500 years so here here's my question for you john which is uh, kind of fancy if you think about it it is very fancy yeah um, oh, this is where the broadsword was made. Say you could uh, uh, travel back in time, and uh, round trip, come back to your family. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you know that, that whatever you do is not going to affect the present. Uh, that's the timeline that's self-correcting, right? Right. Uh, so you would only be going for uh, recreation or, or to possibly relive a memory, right? 
do you take that trip as a little vacation? Hell you know, yeah. Do you take the do you take the family to the opening year of Disneyland? Do you what do you do? What do you do with your time travel vacation if you know you're not gonna affect hmm. the future? Do you go to a do you go to a particularly lovely time in history or do you go to a time that's more interesting historically? Do you and, do you want to experience going, something awful in history? What do you am want? I going inspector form? Am I just like a uh, no, you the, you can interact, but you can you know with your interaction that you aren't going to change the. Do thing. I pop out of this sort of Stargate looking thing with a body? Is it like Quantum Leap? I get to put on clothes. And... Uh, yeah, no, we get we get you dressed up. We take you to the warehouse. We ask you where you're going. We pick out an outfit for you. We give you some currency. We tell you what to expect. You know, how long do I get? Uh, it's it's a vacation time, so three to seven days. You know, Ooh, okay, vacation anywhere through history. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I think I got to go see the capstone ceremonies of the pyramids. Oh, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. And that's interesting because you pick a, uh, you pick a time where there's some megalithic structures that, that are that still exist. Right. Yeah. That's what most people would do, right. Is choose something that you're, that you have guesses about because part of it still exists. Yeah. And that would answer a lot of questions. Right. And it's a big enough event that I really couldn't fuck it up, even if that was possible. Right? Uh, I'm basically just going to be wrapped like Indiana Jones, watching it secretly, you know, seeing if there's floating aliens going on. Are there giant, you know, are the are the pharaohs 50 feet tall? You know, I'll know exactly what the, you know, I would I would definitely do that. That, that sounds historic, like to, to, to do maximum gathering of information to something that's measurable like we can kind of figure it out we know a place we know where the, the fucking pyramids are sure right because otherwise i was like you know almost like well you're talking about almost like the uh the series loki i don't think you watched it yet did you no loki. i haven't watched loki yet, where, when they were hiding in timelines from the time travel authority they would hide in disaster regions because they couldn't uh, affect anything so sure, like they, right. he, they literally were hiding at vesuvius in the days before it blew up because no matter who they talk to everyone was about to fucking die anyway right right and you and i have discussed you you can only time travel to right before the flood or right before the meteor because we know that the flood or the meteor will wipe everything out damage you did as a time traveler yep yeah yeah that's why i said we could escape as humans is like if we could somehow get a whole shitload of us to go a million years into the past knowing that it's a hundred thousand years before a meteor i'm like we could Hundred thousand years of us in this valley, we could turn into whatever and get off this planet before we know the comes. And we I know hope, we need to clean up our campsite before. I hope I'm not getting this wrong. I think it was our friend Ben Mowbray who who told me about a character he created who's a he's a time travel agent, right? And he's just got his little shop, and uh, you know, and people walk in like you, and you say, "I want to take a little vacation to the." Uh, the capstone you know the dedication of the capstone yeah. of the pyramids and he gets a little smirk on his face he goes absolutely sir yeah oh, and you well. tell me you tell me and all your friends you go man i'm going back to uh 
I'm going back to 5000 BC and I'm going to see Khufu dedicate his great pyramid. <laughs> it's going to be huge. And then and then it turns out that the uh, capstone dedication was actually 800,000 BC. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the ignorant time traveler that wasn't certain about where he wanted to go. You just knew what you wanted to see. <laughs> so you end up going way further back in time than you planned, you know, and that's the... Uh, you know, and the time travel agent looks at the camera and smiles and winks every time, you know, somebody comes in, there's always a, there's always a, a catch to, to your time travel request. You know, that is, that does sound like, a, oh, like a horror story. Like if it sounds a little Edgar Allan Poe-ish. Oh uh, yeah. It's a little Edgar Allan Poe. It's a little Gene Roddenberry. It's a little yeah. Twilight Zone-ish. You so know? the monkey paw kind of thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, right. That would be funny. Cause like you get beamed back. And you're like, wait, what? These <laughs> robes are the wrong fabric. They don't look right. Yeah. You sent me back with the wrong. <laughs> well, travel. I always, I, I like the idea of the, uh, you know, the future time traveler coming back here. Uh, and what they know about our history is how they chose their accessories and how they would dress. What would they get wrong? What do you oh, think history is going to get wrong about us? They will show up looking like steampunk people. Oh yeah, hey, you think right? Off? Or they'll have like you know, a preppy shirt on, Jinko jeans, a New York hat with the letters NY wrong. You know, be... <laughs> these are from the artifacts we found. You know, it'll just be off. Yeah, in the uh, uh, Stephen Stephen Baxter, who I reference sometimes as sci-fi writer wrote a sequel to H.G. Wells' Time Machine, you know, and it's pretty good. I think that, I think they're called the Time Ships, I think maybe, or something mm. along those lines. But one of the things that I thought was super cool Both in there- sequel and prequel. Yes, one of the things that I thought was super cool, you know, was the uh, the the future characters about 600, 650,000 years in the future, right? Is is where the H.G. Wells character went, right? And the, uh, the uh, man, were they called Sleestacks? I don't know, but the dude, that kind of lives underground, which is mm. which is a pretty good guess. Six hundred thousand yeah. years in the future, right? That kind of lives underground. It uh, knows where H.G. Wells's character is from, and has prepared some food for him, right? But it's just like it's just like nuts and berries. It's like a gatherer's meal, mm -hmm. and. And the response, he goes, "Well, this isn't really what what I eat." And he goes, "Yeah, but you know, I came within like." 5,000 years. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you would, so you would, so when you say they'd be dressed steampunk, it's like they came within a couple hundred years. That's yeah, close enough. The dress that was pretty close, you know, well, it'd be, it'd be mixed up and not really make all the most sense. Like it would be a, a petticoat and a, and a football Jersey. Oh, right. You right. know, would be like, well, that doesn't mm, kind of, I guess conquistador hat. Right. This is the traditional head garb of your time. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, well, no, not really. That would be a trip. All right. And, hey, uh, and they would they would probably have uh uh eyeglasses, they'd probably have earbuds, they'd probably have every oh, have every earbuds. possible accessory. Nose ring. You would put all of them on the same person. Yeah, yeah, nose ring and yeah. every possible accessory. Oh, they'd be pierced ridiculously. They'd they'd have the fake tattoos on one arm. Uh yeah, sleeve tattoo. Uh yeah. You'd have a backpack and a purse. They would yeah. they would vape. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, they'd definitely, they'd definitely be vaping. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hold on, Tom. Hold on. Okay. Okay. I had to do a breathing treatment.
I understand. It's medicine. It's built and prescribed. <laughs> so far, it's doing great. All right, Tom. Uh, so our next episode. Well, Jesus, I, now that I look at the calendar, I mean, should we do a special Halloween episode? I don't um, know how we would do that. We could if you'd like. I'd love to. You know what? Let's try. Maybe let's try because we're going to be on ships all October, the rest of this month. Yeah. So while you've been listening to these episodes, folks, we've been touring uh, the seas. Hopefully, knock on wood, they're still there. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see if we can swing it at some point. We can record uh, mobile. Okay. We'll try. While we're both at sea, we'll try to get in a ha- Halloween episode, but. Uh, no promises doesn't have to be so more than likely our next episode batch that comes out after this one will be uh, all recorded in uh, parts unknown in Eastern Europe. Yes. Right. That's going to be, it's going to be a trip. It's going to be a trip. I don't know if we're going to be cranking them out all the time, but we're going to be recording stuff all the time. So we'll have interviews uh, as much as we're allowed to, to share. We will. Yeah. And also we might end up, uh, you know, we might not have uh you, an episode might be uh, multiple recordings edited together. You know, yeah, we might short, short time. We might uh, release shitloads of them in batches because that's when we got Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I'm hoping that we that we have at least one afternoon or night off where you and I get to uh, interview Tom Foss because he has some interesting uh, life experience that I want to talk about. On oh, yeah, we got to get Foss on. Uh, I don't even want to spoil it, uh, but we'll be yeah, on a tour with him. And I, I think spoil it either, but, uh, as we're traveling, I think we'll be able to in pieces parts when he gets warmed up, ask him questions and be able to, instead of having to sit down, like we're recording a 60 minutes session with him, I think we'll be able to get the, the, the details of his experience. Oh yeah. Randomly for over days. Hey, I want to throw out some, some, uh, uh, some stories with you real quick, Tom, as we round out our hour. Okay. Let's uh, <laughs> oh, oh, and incorporating in this shout a personal shout out to one of our 47, our loyal listeners are the 47 strong, uh, good old friend of ours. One of my dearest friends, he was, uh, in my wedding as well, uh, had an amazing run in Houston and in LA now lives in New York and works as a public school teacher, which is uh, an outcome. No one, if you knew him, would ever thought would happen. Uh, but Dick Wilkins, AKA Dick Williams, AKA evil, AKA, uh, Mr. Zero. Uh, he's a, a loyal Dick listener. Wilkins. I love Dick. And when I first, uh, moved to houston there was that wonderful uh, open mic at the laugh stop that legendary monday night that that was a little bit cursed we talked about earlier yeah, absolutely uh and dick wilkins back then going by dick williams had the last spot of the night which is not a desirable spot at this open mic but he would after dick that was the end and if there yeah. were any audience members there dick would make sure that they walked out during mm-hmm. his set and not after <laughs> it wasn't always funny but it was always uh, on purpose. Oh, it's so intentional and brilliant! It was always yeah. it was always genius. A lot, and he he a lot of the stuff we talk about on stage, he would yell. Uh, we talk about on this show, he would yell about on stage. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He wants to be uh, now. You know, you'd be amazed that raving lunatic, and that's his words. I'm not talking out of, out of class here. That raving lunatic uh, wound up going to finish college at uh, Cal Berkeley. Yeah. And now he is a public school teacher with, I, I want to say he's 
uh, he's got a master's too. Like, ah, yeah, he, he, Dick is for real. But he's a very yeah. smart, he's a very smart guy. Very, very smart guy. And his wife, Carol, is a playwright. Yeah. So they, uh, they live in New York and she produces plays and they go watch plays and they are theater uh, aficionados, which <laughs> crazy ass uh, Dick having that as an outcome. That's not simulation. I don't know what it is. I, I love it though. Yeah. Shout out to Dick and I miss yeah. him. Yeah, miss him. All right, so we're going through these stories, and and we'll have Dick on. Uh, we'll get some Dick on this episode. On this. Excellent, excellent. That's what this episode needs. That's, That's what, what this need. show needs. We need some Dick. All right, all right. From uh, IFL Science, which is one of my favorite sites. IFL, of course, stands for I fucking love. So it's I fucking love science dot com. Uh, a woman has been hospitalized for three days after a dog pooped in her mouth. Oh wow. A woman taking a nap with her mouth open ended up in a hospital for three days after her daughter's dog took a poop in her mouth. Okay. Uh, the, the story mentions her name, which is an editorial choice. And I'm going to also mention her name because if you're dumb enough to have a dog shit in your mouth, you need public scorn. Amanda Gamo okay. and her daughter were looking after their chihuahua named Belle, who was suffering from gastrointestinal distress when the incident occurred. Uh-huh. Miss Gamo says, I was having my afternoon nap with Belle, like I always do, when I suddenly felt something squirt in my mouth. Wow. I rushed to the bathroom and my son was in the shower. So before I washed it out, I had time to take a quick snap. She took a picture of herself with runny dog shit all over uh-huh. her face. And it's like a side-by-side picture with her and the dog. Gotcha. All right. Imagine you're the son in the shower and mom runs in screaming and yelling that the dog just shit in my mouth. That's, that's, that's coming up. That's, that's a national lampoon. Uh, oh, Keaton's come over. He's for some reason. My son is we've got the, my, my son's I attention. You disgusted. Okay. Well, wait till you hear more. Uh, <laughs> she says it was disgusting. And I was hurling violently for hours after I just couldn't get the taste out of my mouth. Sure. Me neither. Now I feel like I taste runny Chihuahua diarrhea. Uh-huh. Um, after a few hours of vomiting and diarrhea, the family called an ambulance. I see something gross. I I feel like I I I taste it. Yeah, me too. I tell you what. Uh, just here's like a like a living will to my family. If yeah. I ever have any animal shit in my mouth, yeah. call an ambulance immediately. Don't wait hours. Yeah. If I'm vom- yeah okay. Uh, paramedics advised her to drink plenty of fluids that haven't been through a dog. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, but her symptoms uh, got worse. Eventually, she was transferred to a hospital where she was kept on a drip for three days while she dealt with the infection. Wow. Um, I don't know. Keaton, how do you feel about this news story? Is this why we don't have dogs? I don't know. Do you not I'm, feel? I'm not just, I just feel like I'm going to barf. Too. You're going to barf? Okay, well, go, go, go barf where you need to barf. Thank you, son. <laughs> that was the desired effect of that story. Just, yeah, yeah he's, he's really shook. I don't know if you can hear him still over there. I, I, I can hear him. Yeah, I can hear him. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, your dog's already, you know, the dog was sick and you're taking a nap as you normally do with your dog. Yeah. Do you let, uh, if this is you, Tom, Yeah. how do you process? How do you handle, how do you move forward in life after that? Well, uh, you know, 
Keaton's suggestion is don't nap as much. That's a good, that's idea. a good point. That's a good point. You got to be on. Yeah. You should stay alert when you have a diarrhea. Uh, there's a couple things about this story that I think are interesting. Uh, first, our, our mouth, the human mouth is just such a wonderful incubator, <laughs> right? That if anything gets, anything gets in there, uh, uh you know uh bacteria wise that's uh-huh. yeah. it is in heaven in a human mouth right oh, yeah. it's, it's like the perfect environment for right. bacteria and just just uh you know towards the back we got that nasal cavity that mm. is an even it's an even better environment for bacteria oh, and it's not as accessible as our mouths so you don't <laughs> you don't brush and floss your nasal cavity right i, I will now i will yeah. now um and uh you know we choose to live with our pet you guys have uh cats that are yeah that i that i you know and i love cats and we we had a cat my and uh you know my wife uh becky's very attached to lots of animals you know Mm -hmm. and she grew up on a a farm and when you live when you choose to live with animals you're gonna get poop in your mouth yeah when you have that's true when you have babies you're gonna get there's gonna be poop poop's part of life you know god damn man poop is poop is gross yeah poop is but, gross. uh but what's is there is there a warning is there a suggestion here for uh for pet owners in this story somewhere is the you know when your pets are sick i'm you know i i certainly had my cat sleeping in my bed with me for years gracie before she passed mm-hmm. and it, it didn't occur to me that if she was if she was sick or well that she shouldn't be you know in the bed with me yeah well it's different you know chihuahua's a fussy little animal right and you if you're a chihuahua owner my mom had chihuahuas right and yeah you're you're too dialed into their uh, intestinal distress right okay regular size dog they shit it's fine you go outside two or three times a day they shit it's it's, you know but when they when they get sick you know you need to kennel them or you need to have them in the thing on the mat right right so here's a lady who knew her dog was already liquid shitting everywhere but you know, she just watched let's make a deal and it's time to make her nap like she normally does and snuggles up on her couch and probably has the, the dog up on the pillow above where she's napping or even though, oh, my little snuggle face, my little yeah. sweet baby, you know, you're yeah. still doing that regular behavior. Meanwhile, that that little chihuahua got bubble guts and he's like, don't squeeze me. And then just now the direct shot into the mouth means that there had to be a little bit of aiming by the dog. So okay. maybe the this, dog... is what I, this is what I was going to ask you about, because we do know that that uh, that pets will make statements. Animals will make statements mm-hmm. sometimes as far as, uh, you know, as far as where they where they poop or, or pee. You know, it's the way dogs mark territory yeah. is with your but they they do it on purpose. Right. Like we are. We had a, uh, a, a there's all, everybody has stories about animal their pets pooping in their shoe because mm-hmm. they're mad at them. Right. So or, do you or, think this was an intentional? Well, what did you it do could be to make the Chihuahua? because that's a you know in the uh referencing an old jake johansson bit that's a trick shot right there (laughs) you know that's exactly right that's exactly right no i think it is i think it's a little bit of both i think uh i think what's your face miss gamo here is a little uh little little fussy with her pet the dog didn't feel good didn't want to take a nap on the couch i got lady i'm telling you if you don't put me down i'm gonna shit all over the place i've already shitted i'm gonna shit again i don't want to do snuggle time all right you're sleeping with your mouth open you got me all tangled up in the blankets watch this yeah just hot shit her mouth like i was gonna say we had this old bane coon named oscar this big fluffy cat and he was he was a sweet boy but if he ever got in trouble or if you ever you know you know 
you know, took things away from him. If you ever angered him in any way, he would very bitterly just sort of, hmm, okay, good. You're going to go to sleep soon. <laughs> and then he would do a thing we called the chocolate dip where he would just, <laughs> just come sit on your face. <laughs> he would subtly get near your pillow. Right. <laughs> uh, he liked it. What he would do to me is when I was rolled over one way, he would lay on the other pillow right where he knew when I did roll back over, they would, I would just be like, ah, my face right in his ass. Like, and that um, was like, he would look over like, Oh, what's up? Chocolate dipped yourself. Right. And that's why I knew. <laughs> maybe, I maybe he was trying to poop in your mouth and just doesn't have the, the control and the release abilities. As this yeah. Chihuahua. Yeah. I kind of regret bringing up this particular story now. I yeah. feel, I feel a little queasy. Do you want but, to, do you want to travel back in time and uh, bring and, up a different story? I could probably do that. Okay. I could definitely, definitely do that. Um, it does help with that. I, I, I can't remember that I've mentioned this on the show or if I just talked about when we were playing golf. Did I tell you my, uh, my appetite suppression, suppression trick? You, you did tell me your appetite suppression trick, and I see that you've lost some weight. It must be working. Uh, yeah, whenever I get snacky and want to absentmindedly eat, I... <clears throat> I uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about it too loud. But my my wife is nearby, but I, I will I will watch pimple popping videos oh, on no. Instagram, and they are horribly disgusting, and it makes me want to vomit a little bit. But it makes me also not want to eat much. Yeah. Same thing. This story, uh, similar effect. You know. What I'm oh saying? yeah, obviously. I mean, your son is not going to eat for weeks mm. now. Nope. It's going to be very hard to get him to eat, me to eat. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna, th- you're gonna throw away my crisping sleeves wow wow i can't believe you're just gonna throw away my crisping sleeves for my assorted microwave flautas jesus christ there's nothing okay. sacred in my kitchen tom my wife was <laughs> about to throw away my crisping sleeves they're for crisping in the <laughs> Uh, sorry things are weird on sundays here at the list. I, I i understand i i you know what yeah yeah she was she almost threw something at me and she's over there fantasizing about it she actually threw it and it hit me uh-huh she's like oh what if i actually hit you wouldn't that be great <laughs> it would be funny well funny is great it'd be funny i'd be laughing probably too because you know what it could be worse could be Chihuahua diarrhea in my mouth. See, things have never been better. I didn't have diarrhea in my mouth. There you go. All right. So, do you want to do one more story, Tom? Or let's do, do one more news story. What one more news story. Okay. Yeah. I like this. This one. It's uh, it's also cringy. I got a lot of questions here. Um, headline really sets it off. A doctor performs the fir- <laughs> doctor performs the world's first vasectomy powered by a car battery a power cut left him with no other option than to reschedule or hook the equipment up to a car battery okay uh he uh, performed a vasectomy on his patient using power from a rivian car battery that's another one of those like a tesla competitor gotcha so basically yeah the super expensive uh, suv he just plugged into it and uh so it wasn't like an here I don't, I haven't had a vasectomy. Um, I, I have friends who have had except, uh, vasectomies. I know it's outpatient treatment, yeah. right? 
it's yeah. usually like I got friends that will get their vasectomy during uh, March Madness. Sure. Because I'll get snip and then sit on the couch and watch basketball for three days. Right. 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 Uh, but it's never an emergency surgery. Right. Like, right. If you're at the outpatient facility and the power goes out, rolling blackouts or what have you, I would reschedule. I don't need yeah. to get this done today. Uh, maybe there was an unprotected sexual emergency later that evening. <laughs> well, well, you, well, three weeks out or however long. It, yeah, long I was going to say, you know, maybe that, maybe he had a vacation coming up where he didn't want to worry about birth. Control, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. He's going to he's going to one of those resorts. What was the one we we're talking about? The uh, uh, sandals. What's the dirty sandals? Uh, dirty sandals. <laughs> dirty, dirty sandals. Sand- sounds like a better name. It's called dirty sandals. <laughs> uh temptation perhaps oh yes yes god i can't remember dirty sandals dirty sandals would be a great name for dude us. i think we need to open up a place in cozumel called dirty sandals yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea that's a great idea. but yeah all right so uh, okay well first patient. of all first of all let's go to let's go to the science portion of this mm-hmm. uh for some reason uh our generation has this weird relationship with electricity and there's there's a lot of ways to make electricity we're constantly making it by mistake our atmosphere makes electricity solid against liquid liquid against gas it all makes electricity and mm-hmm. and we're learning how to gather and store it better right it really doesn't matter where your electricity comes from right it really doesn't matter whether or not my computer got charged off my car or oh, came yeah. out of the yeah. came out of the uh, the wall and my house or is running off of a, of a mobile battery, right? It, it shouldn't yeah. matter where the electricity came from. I think that that is, an, is a news story. Uh, I think it's clickbait for a couple of reasons. Number one, anything about anything mainstream about genitals. That's true. <laughs> You're right. Uh, you know, Absolutely. And, and number two, uh, if it was a Ford battery, would that have been a different story? The fact that it's an electric car battery versus a gas power, because your gas powered car battery also generates electricity that you use, that you could use to have a, is this still a news story if it's a gas powered car? That's my That's question. true. All the, the big badass trucks all have the power source. You can run diesel. You can run your F-350 like a like a house generator, basically. Like yes. the big contractor trucks and shit like that. So and a lot a lot of people are currently doing that in the state of Florida because there was a horrible storm. A lot of mm-hmm. people are, are running houses off of cars, you know. Right. Dude, I you could go the other, you could go both ways marketing-wise. Like you could set up full-time vasectomy done with hybrid technology, you know, charged, you know, solar, wind, just have your nuts cut perfectly green. Zero carbon footprint in your <laughs> in your vasectomy. You I know, think I that was would gonna be get strong a, I was marketing. gonna get a vasectomy, but I don't want to do that kind of damage to the future world. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I, I think you could also make money the other direction, especially like in red states where you had like coal fired diesel vasectomies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, sure. And literally set up a energy wasting little power plant, yeah. you know, cranking out enough electricity for you to cut their nuts off. I think the greenest vasectomy is just a kick in the nuts, I think, is the... The old school, ultimate, yeah. 
Yeah, kicking someone in the balls so hard that they cease to function permanently mm-hmm. would probably burn about 80 calories yeah. of the kicker. Yeah. And probably another 80 to 100 calories in the receiver in screaming in agony. Well, of course, of course. You know, I mean, pain burns. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. So what? A, a couple of fucking peanut so butter sandwiches? That's, that's, the, that's the greenest vasectomy, you know. I wonder exactly how much power is involved, how much electricity. I mean, of course, you, you need light. But I'm wondering, are they using, uh, are they using computer-guided laser snipping or is this still a, oh, a hands-on know, let me uh, it's definitely a hands-on there's no they don't have freehand. nanobots yet freehand with the knife uh yeah evidently it was uh one of those hot scalpels and a carterizer thing okay. and okay, a light yeah. is what he had to so yeah they got so pictures a carterizer of it. And, a hot, and a hot scalpel would require electricity for sure mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah you know, there's another aspect to this story it kind of takes a little bit of a left turn. And I think it's about the, the work yourself to death mindset. Oh, and might explain why this guy needs it so fast. All right. Looking at the story, uh, when the power went out at his clinic, Dr. Yang attempted to reschedule the appointment, right? Which makes right. sense. That would be your, Hey, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, out. but the patient not keen on arranging for further time off work, opted for the testicle equipment to be hooked up to the truck. Ah, so this guy it. literally says, I can't take any more sick days. I've got this lined up. These balls guts to go today. Sure. Sure. That says a lot about work, doesn't it? It does. It breaks my heart. Uh, yeah, I, I can relate right now. You know, would I, can, you, would, I, I can relate to that. Would you have a risky testicle procedure done? in a hurry because you had to get back to work well john let me give let me give you this scenario mm-hmm. uh, say this happens a couple days before we go on our, our military base tour trip you know and uh and i got that trip coming up and then i got then i got december which is very busy yeah. you know for me rescheduling something that's a couple days before that trip is rescheduling it months down the road and it appears that this this surgery which is which is very basic was successully performed it so doesn't say that actually it doesn't say it oh, says okay. performed uh but we don't we don't, I, maybe we don't know yet you know yeah you we haven't heard sperm count six weeks later i think yeah we haven't got a yelp review from this guy how it felt recovery could have been horrible um yeah i but i think it's just a you know i think it's just a story about the the, the future of science there you know and i think it's you know, would the story be as as interesting if the guy got his uh, carpal tunnel surgery? You know, is that as interesting a story as the vasectomy? Well, yeah, I guess that would be a different story because you can see how that might have some sort of urgency. Mildly emergency needs to be done, right? But yeah, but, you know, maybe maybe it's not urgency. Maybe it's just something this guy swore that he would do this year, you know, and he just oh, wants yeah. to, he just wants to get it done. And <laughs> it's on his honey do list. Yeah. And give give uh, give Yan credit for giving him another option. You know, he says, I can't I can't reschedule. I don't care if your power's out. Well, yeah, we yeah. could always uh, I don't know. Hook the cauterizer up to a car battery. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, That's I, some I, doctors I, without borders shit right there. That's yeah, like, I, hey, I was, 
he, he had already been thinking about that if he had to do some kind of surgery powered by his truck he could do it yeah yeah you know and uh and good good for this guy for not only i mean you would figure the decision to get a vasectomy might not be an easy one and uh you know, if you, if, if you decide to get the vasectomy and you, you, you might wonder to yourself, oh boy, I made that appointment. I wonder if I made the right choice. Uh-huh. Then the doctor calls you guys, yeah, it powers out my clinic. We have to reschedule. Is that not the universe telling you that maybe, you know, maybe you're going to father the guy that cured cancer? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Planets are aligning to keep my, my, my semen strong and available, <laughs> right? Well, like the thing I said, if, if if no one from the future comes back to stop you, how bad could it be? That seems like direct. Everything is trying to keep this guy from, from losing yeah, the, his, uh, his the, viscosity. The, the, the Terminator came back and turned the power out on the clinic so that this guy would father a child. <laughs> you know, and that, I, that child is the one that invents the time travel that allows the Terminator to come back in time. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. The, 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 and the, the patient's name, Dr. Is a John Connor Senior. Ah, yep. See, there you go. Now that it all makes, makes sense. sense. Now it all makes sense because that I remember John Connor Junior was the head of the resistance. I don't know if that was exactly how. We'll figure it out. We'll fix it in post. But the computers from the future are able to go back in time to this uh, electric car battery and somehow affect it, so it doesn't work in the alternate timeline to allow for the vasectomy. You know what? We won't know until we uh, get a good reading on this guy's uh, ejaculate. So, we, we won't. We won't know. You we won't know. know. But, but, but we will know that that if the vasectomy didn't work, it had very little to do with the because the the tool, the cauterizing uh, scalpel, functions exactly the same regardless of what it's plugged into. I'm just saying, this guy comes back and he's still got swimmers. Then he needs to be the only sperm donor allowed on earth basically <laughs> we might get to that point it's pump point. that man dry <laughs> get this man some pedialyte because he's gonna need it all right this that was enough being stupid but the all timeline right. is self-correcting so that's this is exactly how this was supposed to happen this so. is how we get a clone army and that's the next step i believe <laughs> this one dude john connor senior's semen okay all right we have devolved this guy gives birth to boba Fett. <laughs> what okay this story got interesting <laughs> it did it really did so this guy's name is Django fett then yes yes this is Django. oh man we are we have mixed our cannons Yeah. Which makes sense because our our forty seven member of the day is Dick Wilkins, uh, uh, who was famous. His comedy business was called Loose Cannon. Oh, that's right, Loose Cannon. Loose, loose Cannon comedy, and it was with the one N in the middle because legally he couldn't do the Loose Cannon with the the double N in the middle. Right. So his was Loose Cannon, like like religious cannon, oh, <laughs> which right, right. made like, perfect sense. Like Storyline, yeah. That's right. That's right. Because as Dick would say, zero beats everything. It does. He booked one of the greatest gigs ever in Rosenberg, where you got paid by the minute that you could stay on stage. <laughs> you remember the rate? 
Oh, uh, yeah, I think it was a dollar fifty per minute. Dollar fifty a minute. It was a dollar fifty a minute. It was exactly a ninety-minute show, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, wasn't yeah. it? I think yeah. it was only, a, or yeah. maybe two hours. No, I think they wanted a two-hour show. But it was like digitally seven to nine or something like that. Like yes. there was no starting late. There was no it runs late. Like it, digital accuracy begins at this time. And tell me if I'm wrong. The stage was peculiarly shaped. Oh, it was very high and very small. Yeah, it was like a like a cube. Like you're standing on top. Three a, foot step up cube, but the surface on top of the stage was not not much to stand on. It was definitely shaky and like it felt like King of the Hill. Like if if you're running long and you're hogging the dollar fifty minutes, that someone could literally knock you off stage. Yes. Right. Yeah, that was I remember that one. That was a trick. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Tommy, John, tell the people how they can reach us. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at after letter L number eight E R. Great. Uh, at After Later with the number eight in there. And you can get us on our Facebook fan page, which is uh, After Later Podcast uh, fan page. And uh, of course, you can listen to us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And leave us a message, uh, leave us comments. We're about to uh, embark upon our November trip through Eastern Europe. That's as close as we can get. So thanks to Armed Forces Entertainment. Thanks to Tom Foss, uh, the All-Stars of Comedy for, for, for bringing us along. We're, we're going to post a bunch of uh, episodes as soon as we can. Uh, if you got anyone serving over in that area, let them know. It's too late to join. Yeah, we gave you that opportunity in the summer. You could have enlisted and been deployed there in time to see us perform. Uh, uh, but, but spread the word. Let us know. We'll try to take some pictures and uh and all that other good stuff man wish us luck right yeah yeah even though that's bad luck in the theater world oh yeah wish us luck is that is the theater world and the war world similar that way you know break a leg seems like a command i think it depends on the comic man i think you know i think if uh some comics are more connected to that theater world than others you know because the uh, stand-up uh, stand-up delves into sort of uh, sort of different genres sometimes. You know? Oh well, remember we talked about this on the golf course? Uh, how uh, comics are different than athletes by using the same uh, visualization techniques. Like oh, athletes yeah. will visualize success, things going well, making the field goal, catching the pass. You know, all they they, they imagine it and live it so many times it becomes real to them so that's how they're able to achieve it uh comics use the same mental technology uh, but in the opposite direction uh <laughs> before every show i am racing through all of the worst case scenarios possible exactly how they would manifest and what i would do through it and i accept it i accept the pain i accept the the, the failure the tragedy and once i process all those and i'm like okay good i know i handled it in case it happened now let's go up there and have a good show all right different yeah areas. it's a it's a it's a troubleshooting what am i going to do wrong thing yep, yep yep all right well that's it we're done thank you very much for listening this has been uh, after later i'm your host john wesson that over there is tommy drake and until next time 420 wiener balls boo boo lit fam